I get a lot of great notes, a lot of comments about the election. What do I do? What should I do? How are you seeing it? What do you think? I don't know. It's close. I suspect PCs have more seats right now, but I, I don't trust polls. And um, I'm selective with those I read. And uh, all I ever just say, get out and vote. It's an important one. But um, so now in the next following days, it's just going to be bombshell after bombshell after bombshell. And, um, you know, the question today was raised of just, you know, how cozy are the NDP with the government unions? And that is a very easy answer. Very. You always just follow the dollar. And we know that they're already backing Horvath. They've declared anybody but Ford telling their members how to vote. They are heavily, heavily campaigning for Horvath. And today the liberals came out revealing that. Well, imagine that the NDP have a business partnership with eight of the government's biggest union. Here's Deborah. Imagine in the morning they'd be sitting across the negotiation table as adversaries in the middle of salary talks. In the evening, they'd be sitting around together around a boardroom table as corporate partners. That is compromising. When this relationship was reported in 2011 and again in 2016, no one took it very seriously. After all, the idea of the NDP in power seemed remote. To my knowledge, no other party has entered into this kind of interdependent financial arrangement with any outside interest. Certainly not our party. (laughs) It's almost laughable to have the Liberals even talking about this. But... It is a valid um, concern. The corporation is called Cornerstone and the shareholders are NDP, but the unions are said to act as a financial guarantor and the landlord. And so you've got a company set up, allegedly, between a party that could soon be in charge of Ontario, according to the Liberals, being backed by unions to do things like operational costs and campaigning and stuff. So it's not illegal, certainly not ethical. Because I'm not sure what ha- what if the NDP wins, just as Miss Matthew says. I mean, whose interests are they going to protect? Yours, all of the people of Ontario, or a group of Ontarians who make sure they stay in power? Hmm, can't imagine. And we know that Miss Horvath, and this is a very big point that that I it was a big point during the debate, and it's a very important debate. Miss Horvath has made it clear she will not step in if there's a strike. And Kathleen Wynne didn't either. And students and people affected by job action have been really affected by this. So keep that in mind. But she was, of course, asked about this on the campaign today. And I'm not sure what she finds always so funny and giggles about this, but she thought it was hilarious that the Liberals brought this up. I, I, I can't believe that that's a serious attack from the Liberals against the NDP. I mean, this is a government, a, a party that spent its time in government, you know, cutting deals with uh, various uh, interest groups uh, to try to help them politically. So I, I completely dismiss uh, any accusations from Ms. Wynne on, on that file. Well, one wrong doesn't make it right for your party either. That's the problem. That is the problem. I have no problem with the frontline workers of this province, but when the public sector union heads and those in charge start interfering with the electoral process, as a taxpayer who plumps up these huge pensions and patients, I have a problem with that. You should too. Let's bring in Catherine Swift, who uh, has a past with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, so she knows a lot about that area of the world, and she is currently working with working Canadians, and she knows all about the unions. Hello there. Hi, Alex. So this is kind of an inside baseball story. So it's not getting a whole lot of attention, but it's gross. 
Uh, well, it, it shouldn't be inside baseball, or at least it shouldn't be treated that way by people, because this is all of our futures here that we're talking about. Oh, there, <laughs> there's so much convoluted influence uh, around the unions, the public sector unions, and, and with, with governments. And, and what, what I do find laughable is both <laughs> the Liberals and the NDP uh, criticizing each other mm-hmm. for being cozy with the unions. They've both been ridiculously cozy with the public sector unions. Mm-hmm. And as a result, betray, you know, the vast majority of Ontarians and Canadians, for that matter, who don't work for government. Right. It, 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 it just boggles my mind. You know, we, the people in the private sector who pay the freight, I mean, government doesn't, you know, generate its own money. We all have to pay for its existence and the existence of those public sector unions. Um, Why we are so gullible, really, why we buy into these governments who are so beholden to unions, and that includes both liberals and NDP. The only reason, I I do find it hilarious, the liberals are criticizing, you know, the the, uh, NDP coziness right now, Mm because they've had massive coziness for 15 years, and it's worked to their advantage. Sure. It's just, uh, it's something that, it's under, it, it is, it, in the sense of inside baseball, it's under the radar. No question about that. Um, but it needs to be brought more into the public, you know, eye. And I think, I think it's slowly starting to get there. But people need to realize that, first of all, unions are hugely well-funded, much too well-funded, uh, according to a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, they got a lot of money to throw around. And, of course, they want to continue to elect governments who will continue to pillage the rest of us to benefit the unions. And we, we, you know, again, the majority of us should be very upset by this. Well, and I know that they're heavily campaigning for Ms. Horvath right now because those are the perks of, of um, you know, signing the deal with uh, with this group. Uh, and the, the, the reality is that they're essentially campaigning against the taxpayer that pays their bills. Yeah, and they've been doing that for ages. This isn't new. But what, what, is, what is interesting, though, and, you know, before coming on with you, Alex, I, I was try, kind of thinking back to my many, many years in the sort of public policy field. And, you know, tw- 20 or so years ago, the unions were nowhere near this active in yeah. elections. And it's intriguing how they've, they've gotten more. Well, they, they really became powerful in the Mike Harris days. Yes, that's right. And, and but but it's not just in Ontario, as no. you well know. You know, they're doing it nationally. Mm-hmm. They're doing it in other yep. provinces across the country, and so on. And I, I I sort of wonder what turned the tide, like what tipped them into saying, "Hey, we got all this money." And I, I don't think, you know, I don't think most Canadians, most Ontarians realize that unions in this country have immense privileges they do not have anywhere else in the world. People are forced to pay dues yeah. to unions. Those unions have no, they're not, no transparency is required of them. And this is the kind of thing that does not exist in any other developed country. So from my standpoint, I mean, there's a lot of interest in, in every election. There's businesses, there's unions, there's, you know, so on and so forth. And, that, and that's okay to a point. But if, if union dues were voluntary, I frankly wouldn't have much trouble with this whole situation. Yeah. But because they have collectively across the country, they collect billions yeah. of dollars every single year, and big bucks like that can sway elections. And Absolutely. like you say, they 
their actions are against the majority of us taxpayers, and we taxpayers are the ones that are sort of enabling our own betrayal, which is pretty perverse. It is, and and I wanted to ask you this because of uh, your background with with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and this has kind of flown under the the radar, but Horvath is promising three weeks of paid vacation starting after one year. And I know on the surface everyone will say, wow, that's fantastic. Unless you're a business. And this is, I mean, I said this to my husband driving in because my husband and, and his friends and his family all in private business. So I, I come from that side of the world. He almost drove off the road. He, he, this will have a massive impact on companies across Ontario already reeling under all these huge labor costs that they weren't expecting. Yeah, and, and that, that's actually the, the, that's the point. It's cumulative. One, one measure in and of itself might be manageable. But what we have seen, businesses of all sizes, small, medium, and large, but of course the the, the negative impact falls most heavily on the small and medium-sized businesses, and they are the ones that create most of the jobs. So like, it's kind of of interest to all of us that that is a sector that can continue to be healthy. But uh, these kinds of things, it's cumulative. We had that horrible Bill 148, which, by the way, Working Canadians has been waging a pretty major social media campaign, informational, so people understand what's in Bill 148, which is basically like a collective agreement that nobody got to vote on. (laughs) That's basically what it is. But very, very punitive to small and medium-sized businesses in particular. And this three-week thing, oh, it, it's it's just a pile-on. Yeah, uh, and I don't begrudge, I, I want to be clear, I do not begrudge anybody of taking time off because we no. work hard, you need time off. However, um, you know, I hear a lot of rhetoric in, in the media and other people saying, oh, I wish the businesses would stop whining. I mean, they're, they're mocking Doug Ford's language about businesses are terrified. Businesses are extremely worried about an NTB government. Well, period. They are very worried, and and, and uh, frankly, though, they've been they've been laboring hard under a liberal government in yeah. this province too. Yeah. So it's not. Well, no, no, it, and that's like what I say. It's cumulative. It's that, and that's the thing. They they were already feeling the heat under liberals. They were looking to hope that maybe a new government would come up and make life easier. But it, going to an NDP government means that the burden is just going to get worse. I, well, yeah, it, it it clearly does because of all the stuff they couldn't continue to announce. And I've always said, you know, if, if a government says, okay, business, we're going to bring in X policy, yep. and it's going to increase holidays or increase wages or whatever, but you know what else? We're going to bring in this other policy that will offset that. Then you might say, okay, at least they're kind of thinking, you know, at least they're kind of saying, all right, we, we value business. We know <laughs> you drive the economy because they do drive the economy and they create jobs and, and basically make government yeah possible with their tax dollars. Um, but that isn't the case. It's been a pile-on, mm-hmm. all negative, negative, negative. And I know, I know many of business that have said, we're waiting yeah. for the outcome of this Ontario election, and if it's either Liberal or NDP, we're moving. That's what so I've heard, people too. People take them for granted and just think, oh, we can... And this is what kills me about groups like the NDP. They think they can pile on and there will be no consequences of it? Of course there will be. Well, Look at the facts throughout history. Yeah. Businesses eventually, you know, they, they leave, they close, they cut down, you know, they cut jobs, and so on. And it's, it's, uh, it's very, very unfortunate because it's very short-sighted policy, and it isn't something that's ever been proven to be a winner. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of very, very worried businesses, and that should worry 
basically all Ontarians because we all have a stake in a successful economy that can continue to, you know, create jobs, create prosperity and benefit basically everybody, including government. That's right. I agree. Catherine, I got to break it on that. Thank you. Thank you. Catherine Swift, if you want to find out more about her, she is with a campaign called Working Canadians. (laughs) We'll be back here on Point on Global News Radio.